Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, barbecuers of all ages, Cowboy Cav here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you a caterer, a competitor, a barbecue enthusiast? Myron Mixon has the smoker for you. Check out all their styles at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And don't forget to tell them Mikey K sent you. Do you enjoy this podcast, our blogs? Well, join our growing community of friends over on Patreon and help support your favorite barbecue podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page for lots of videos on different styles of barbecue, different recipes, and the entrepreneurship of barbecue. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? We are hanging out with Sterling from Luton Booty Barbecue. If you don't know who he is, you've been living under a rock. He makes some awesome spices. He's a really cool dude. He teaches competition classes. He competes himself. Um, just all around a great barbecue dude. So, uh, Sterling, dude, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, and uh, chatting barbecue. Anytime, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It was awesome meeting you and Amanda at the uh, MBBQA conference. Yeah, so, dude. Thank you guys for bringing me on, dude. Yeah, dude, it was amazing being able to... Uh, meet so many great people at that conference. Uh, it, it's amazing when you put that many great people in one room, how much magic can happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody's there just having a good time and helping each other succeed and grow each other. So, man, it's always a great time, and I love going out there. So I want to ask you this question. What made you start Luton Booty, and how did you come up with the name? Yes, definitely, man. I, um, you know, I, was, I was born in the South in Memphis, Tennessee, and then I, I I was raised mostly in like Mississippi, Florida, Georgia. Uh, so I knew barbecue. I, I knew what it was. It was around me growing up. But I really never got into barbecue until I worked for a bank here in Arizona. I was in the Navy. And then um, and when I got out of the Navy, I moved to Arizona, went to Arizona State University and got my degree in finance. And pretty much right after that, it was banking. And uh, eventually I worked for a bank that was based out of Kansas City. They're the major sponsor of the American Royal World, World Series of Barbecue. So every year they have an employee barbecue competition there in Kansas City. They bring different regions of the bank out to compete. It's, uh, you know, bands are playing. There's boulevard beers rolling around. So it's a really good employee event, plus also like a cool team building thing. So I went out from the Arizona team to to cook with this barbecue team in, in Kansas City. And I'm thinking this dude's flipping burgers and dogs, you know, in the backyard over a Weber gasser, man. And I, get there, I get there and I see smokers and briskets and people just having a great time. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is legit. So I, that was 2007, and then uh, when I got back, I wanted to just find out anything about barbecue and smoking, and I went to Home Depot and got an El Cheapo Brinkman and some mesquite wood and some lighter fluid and got a pork butt on my way home and lit it up and made the worst piece of meat I've ever made in my life. <laughs> I thought the neighbor was going to call the cops on me for smoking them out, you know, but, you know, I, I was just getting into it. I was learning, and I wanted to learn so much, so... I did, you know, playing around my backyard for two years. Then in 2009, I created a barbecue team and I knew there was all these cool names out there. And I'm a, I'm a Navy vet and I wanted something piratey. And I always had this vision of my logo being a pig skull and crossbones. So I was like, yeah, I need something to go along with that name. And Luton Booty Barbecue just, it stuck. So I, I started Luton Booty Barbecue bar with a friend of mine in 2009. We entered our first competition. We got two calls and man, 10 years later, or, 
Still love burning meat in the parking lot, man. That was, you know, that you know that was your first problem, though. You went and got got in your first competition, and you got two calls, which means we got right there, yeah, you're, man, you're we screwed were, for life. <laughs> the next, it was an IBCA comp in Prescott, and then November there was another KCBS comp here down in the valley in Tempe, Arizona, and we were just into it. We were excited. It was a KCBS comp, and all the top teams from around the country were coming to this comp to get points, you know, the KCBS yeah. points, to get the team of the year. And, you know, we weren't really into it at that time. We didn't know about point systems. We we're like, oh, yeah, we got two calls. We're going into this comp. And then that comp, we got crushed. We got shut out, man. We were of like, course. yeah, man, we, you know, your tail's between your legs a little bit, but you want to get better and you want to learn. And, and it just went from there, man. And then, I mean, the barbecue journey kind of kept going, kind of kept going. You started, you kind of put out your own spice line. You didn't kind of put out your own spice line. When you, when you were deciding to put that out, what were some of those struggles that you were going through? Well, kind of how I got into that line is um, I was working, you know, working with my own. I was in competition barbecue. It was about 2013. Um, I got my first grand championship, and that qualified me for the American Royal in Kansas City, the Invitational and the yep. Open. So that year at the 2014 American Royal, Old World Spices, which is a seasoning co-packer out of Overland Park, Kansas, was having a promotion for teams that if you placed in certain categories or overall, that um, you can have an opportunity to work with them to be involved in their American Royal Championship rub line. And I was playing around with some rubs before that in my time. So, you know, you had to sign a waiver and all that and thinking, course, oh, that'd, yep. be, that'd be awesome to get. Yeah, really cool. You put your name in the hat and just hope, go there. hope somebody pulls, right? Exactly. Well, that year at the American Royal uh, invitation for the invitation, I took first place in chicken with a perfect 180. I took seventh nice. place in ribs in the invitational, and I was just elated, man. Uh, they didn't like our pork and brisket. You know, we were about 150th out of 170 teams, both of them. And so, but man, I just got a first place in chicken with a 180 in the seventh in ribs. I was stoked. I was just having a good time. The neighbors next to us are from Kansas City, so you know we're partying, having some drinks, and we we're talking a little barbecue, and they were talking to us about sauce and saying you need to sauce up everything sauce up your pork sauce up your brisket and out west you know we really like light sauce you know that's really yep. you know what we're, we're used to but obviously in competition cooking i'm not cooking for me i'm cooking for six cats sitting at the table you know yep so they said sauce it up sauce it up so the next day was the open and there was you know 450 teams that day i did the same thing on chicken and ribs because they liked it when it comes to pork and brisket man it was like that box was like 60 percent meat and like 40 percent sauce <laughs> good sauce man and it was tender but man to me it was just like a lot of sauce but they loved it i took second in pork 19th in brisket and reserve grand champion to tuffy stone that year in the open so old world spices after that they reached out to me right away and said hey we'd love for you to be involved in our american royal championship rub line we're putting out we'd love for you to have a pork rub in this line I said, awesome. You know, I've been working some uh, rubs at home. So I worked with them to put out the rub. We created the American Royal Championship Pork Rub, which is in their line right now. It's sold at thousands of locations. You know, I think Kroger's picking it up and awesome. it's out there. So that I had that line going for about a year. And then I, I worked with my contact, Amy, at Old World and said, hey, uh, that's an awesome line. But I want my own Luton Booty Barbecue branded line. You know, I have these other chicken rub that I've been working on. And then uh, so I work with them to have that same rub, which is basically my everything rub. 
that American Royal pork rub is my everything rub, which is pretty much the same thing in the bottle. And then I work with them for my chicken rub. Then we added beef later, later, you know, and, and it just something that became to grow and working with them and uh, having a co-packer that you can trust that, you know, has quality ingredients, who's going to, um, you know, meet with the right people, getting this distribution for you, you know, follow up with your contacts and your clients. That's that's really a big part of this this business is having somebody who can manage that for you and work with that for you. Cause doing it by yourself, it, it's tough. Sometimes you feel like you're spinning your wheels trying to, you know, keep up with a, a vendor. And we all know that this it's low margin products. You know, we're not, nobody's making tens, tens, $20 on a bottle of rub, you know, you're making no. dollars, sometimes pennies, you know, yeah. on distribution. So, you know, it's about getting out there and, and, and getting to the masses and, I've been very fortunate with Green Mountain Grills to come on board with them and, and create the GMG Backyard Pitmaster classes, which I go all over the country and internationally teaching these classes. So it's been just awesome to be able to partner with them to uh, teach the classes and show people how to take my product off the shelf and, and cook with it. And, and I'm putting it in their mouth. You know, it's it's really cool opportunity. To and I mean, that's with. super powerful right there. The The fact that you cook with it. And then they try it right away. Then they go, oh, that's really good because it's so hard when people go into that, you know, aisle and they see 50 different rubs and it's like, well, which one do I get? And then it's – then it kind of comes down to like, which one did I see my friend pick up? Which one did I see somebody that I talked to pick up? Oh, they pick up uh, that? Okay. Exactly. You're 100% correct. But, you know, you see that wall of like all those spices and, you know, even if you're sampling, man, after two or three of those, you're like, I can't taste anymore. You know, they all taste the same at that point. (laughs) And and and, uh, that taste changes when you add heat and you cook with that. It's going to change a little bit. So so I'm I'm taking my rubs off the shelf, cooking with it and putting it in somebody's mouth, which is like you said, it's huge. It's powerful and it's huge. And having that opportunity to do that is is something that was. I, I created with Green Mountain Grills, you know, I yeah, said, this is awesome. I, I was already doing classes of my own. I never thought I would be a good teacher. And, you know, I was never a patient person. But, you know, for barbecue, you have to be patient. If you're not patient, you're not going to get a, a right product. You know, yep. barbecue taught me patience. So, you know, I got into teaching and instructing. And I really love that side of it because I get to, I, you know, seeing people's faces and reactions when they get something that you're telling them. It, it's really powerful. And then and then tasting it you know here put it in your mouth you can do this for your friends and your family you know it's not over complicating it competition barbecue sometimes there's a lot of steps involved and you know we want to break it down to some of the simple forms for backyard cooks and i was gonna make- say now do you guys do when you're when you're teaching classes for green mountain girls are you teaching the the backyard class or are you teaching backyard guys kind of competition barbecue and i know those kind of go hand in hand in a sense absolutely so many people they they want to know the. They want to know how to do it in the backyard, but then they're also so curious about the competition side. Absolutely, and what I do, I think, what's unique in a lot of the classes that I do, it, it's a backyard pitmaster class, but I'm taking it from a competition pitmaster side, like me, all the steps that I prepare, and, and we all know competition barbecue is attention to detail, it's preparation, getting all that right, and hitting your marks. And as a military vet, man, that's what I did. It's organization. If if you don't do it right, you die. You know. Yeah. So, I almost take that mentality of this is the way it's going to be, you know, and I, I bring a lot of those steps and a lot of that background and organization and, and, and making it right 
into the backyard and showing these guys that this is, you know, it's easy. You can do it this way in the backyard. But if you want to go step one step further on the competition side, hey, they're going to do this. You're going to do this and you might do this, you know. So, you know, it's giving a little bit of both and and introducing a lot of the backyards into the competition realm, you know. Yeah. And I I mean, I, I teach barbecue classes myself. And one of the hard things is sometimes you'll get the like the two guys that are there and you're you're doing a backyard class and like asking you every competition question ever and you're like you're the only ones that understand anything i'm saying to you (laughs) like definitely you know you you doing these classes all across the world man you see everybody from the the top guys who who wants to suck it up to somebody who just sits there who never said one question who just smiled and shook your hand and and that's great you see them all and you have to be able to adapt and and morph that but the questions are awesome i love questions and i think i come at it almost like as a, a common sense kind of view you know as of when people say oh how long do you cook it my always answer is till when it's until it's done you know that's until it's done that's how long i'm gonna cook it yeah. you know but then I, I break let's think about this you know let's think about what we're trying to accomplish here when is it done are we trying to hit a certain temperature are we trying to hit a certain texture or fill you know so you, I, I, we break it down into yeah we're gonna cook it until it's done and i can't tell you how long we can guesstimate, but we, we're looking for a temperature or looking for a feel, you know, and, and, and that's really bringing the senses into a touch, feel, taste, everything. That, that's a little bit what I like to do in my classes is break down the, uh, the feel, right? I'll, I'll put the thermopen in and then I take it out. And if I think it's right or if I think it's wrong, I'll be like, well, here, put it in, feel it, and you tell me if it's right or wrong. And then, I love that. You know, they do it and then they're like, no, they always they're always like staring at that, you know, temperature. And I'm like, no, like all that is, is a giant toothpick right now. We're right. not looking at temp right now. We're we're, look, we're we're trying to feel how it goes through. And sometimes they like the eye opening the, you know, oh, my God, I just felt it go through like smoothly. It feels like butter. It's butter, done. Babe. Well, what temp is it at? Does it matter? Yeah, I don't care. You know, nope. I don't really care if I, unless I'm like in a comp and I'm like tracking some sort of, yeah. you know, done temperatures and where I'm cooking at home. I don't care, man. I want to know how the, my, my family's teeth are going to feel bite through that piece of meat, man. Yep. So yeah, I, I cover that. I do the same thing, cover that temperature probe and just put it in there, bring between the bones, fill that brisket and just let your arm do the work and let your body tell you, you yeah. know, the meat will tell you what to do. It, it usually does. Yeah. You just know what I mean? You're, you feel it and you're like, nah, it needs a little bit longer. Yeah, okay. just listen to it, man. You know, it keeps it feels good. Feels good, let's pull it off. Let it rest. Absolutely, man. Hey, you're not gonna kill anybody. It's a barbecue. We're we're cooking meat in the parking lot in the backyard. <laughs> man, drink a beer and chill, you know. So now you said you're you're doing them internationally now? Yes. So I went to I've had the opportunity to go to Australia for the last two years. I was oh, that's awesome. I was invited in two thousand seventeen to come up or come over and compete at the uh, Invitational and, and do a couple barbecue classes there. And then um, I work with the Hark Enterprises, which is a distributor out of Melbourne. Uh, they distribute Green Mountain Grills. They distribute my product and a lot of other uh, barbecue products there. So I've been working with them to put on some classes, local butcher shops. And then, uh, like I said, in 2017, I competed at the Invitational there, and they wanted me to compete. And I knew I had to go down there, man. And they, and they do five categories. Chicken, ribs, pork, brisket, and lamb. Yep. So, no, I wasn't really comfortable with lamb. I was cooking it like three, four meats, <laughs> three, four months going up to that comp. I cooked lamb straight. My man, my family's like, you cannot feed us lamb anymore. They're like, lamb, and, lamb's good. We're, we're good on it. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, one more time before I go, I got to get it right. You know? 
kind of like that. I want to, I want to focus if I'm going to be down there and, and I want to put on my best and put on my show and, you know, and, and compete with these guys. Cause there's some amazing cooks down in Australia. Oh, yeah. so you got to be on your game. So we go down there and competed in the first year and I ended up taking first place in lamb and grand champion. And it was just a phenomenal to, to, to compete with those guys and have a great morale. And they're all just rallying around you and they all want to be a part of this awesome barbecue community, which is our barbecue family. And yep, it's yep. just awesome to see. So I got the opportunity last year in 2018 to go and compete again with them. You know, they said like an American one lamb. We got to have them back. So <laughs> go, I took first in chicken, first in lamb again. And I think I was like fourth or fifth place overall. So back to back lamb champions. Were and, they cru- were they like wanted to crush you for lamb? They're like, how did, how's the American bringing home lamb? I think it's a, a love hate kind of relationship. <laughs> but, but, so this year in November 2019, I'm going back again to uh, compete again with the guys. I'll be doing working with Barbecue Aroma there in Sydney to put on a barbecue class. I'm actually going also in July to Burley Barbecue Festival, competing with a friend of mine, Dan Barrett from Big Smoke Barbecue. We're competing as Team Green Mountain Grills Australia uh, at the Burley Barbecue Festival uh, the first weekend in August. And in March, we're in Melbourne for Meatstock, which was just a phenomenal event. So I'll be in Australia three times this year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, living living the barbecue dream. Dude, I don't, it's crazy how it got to this. I can't even imagine. I mean, somebody asked me 10 years ago, so you want imagine? Absolutely not, man. I had no clue that it, it just progressed into this. And I think I guided into, you know, I, I didn't find what I wanted to do until I was 40-something years old, you know. Or I didn't know I wanted to teach barbecue and, and have a distribution line and, and be a sales rep for Green Mountain Grills and Grill Grates and Vortex yeah. and all these products. It just, it just kind of happened. You know, but I, I made it happen, uh, which is the cool thing, man. I put all these pieces together, worked with these companies, worked with everybody to to make all this happen. And yeah. I tell people all the time, man, all you gotta do is do it. All you gotta do is do it. You gotta keep you keep pushing that ball one step far, further every single day, and then eventually you you look back and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm down. I'm- Sometimes that ball, somebody's gonna kick it back, but you know what? You you go back down, kick that ball, and you get get back up. Yep. You know, somebody's gonna kick it away, but you have to have the tenacity and drive to get you back on back that and ball. get it. Yeah, go, it, it's, go very, kick it, babe. it's very, very true. Um, that's one of the things I always say. You know, like just start doing it too. I think that's one of the like so many people are like, I want to plan, I want to plan. I'm like, no, 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 just just start doing just light it. Fire, dog. Light a fire. Yeah, light a fire. Just watch yeah. it, see it, smell it. You know, put it in the grill. Just wait. Look at the smoke. Look at everything. Look at your meat. Just do that. Stop asking questions. I mean, you can ask so many questions. You can yeah. be around it and research so much. But man, you got to light a fire and, and and get in there and actually do it. That's how you're going to learn. Oh the more yeah. You, the better you get. Oh, absolutely. I I can totally agree with you on that. Just the more you do it, the more practice that you put behind it, it you're the better you're going to be. I oh yeah, it's just absolutely. Like anything, right? Now, when you start, when you teach internationally. Do you find yourself kind of teaching any different way than when you do it here in the States? Never. This, no, no, not even temp-wise? No, 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 never. Okay. Proteins always are proteins. Yeah, but you're always Fahrenheit, right? You're not, you, you yeah. never oh. kind of give them the... Oh, yeah, and nobody cooks in Celsius, man. Celsius, you can, Dude, that's, like, that's like cooking backwards, man. So, so I have a guy, I had a guy in a class. I go, what's the temp of that grill? And, he, and it was coming up to temp, so I knew it wasn't where it needed to be. And he goes, 75 degrees Celsius. And I go, and I just stopped and I just looked at him and go, what the fuck did you just say? 
what? Yeah, that's like, was he an American dude? Yeah. And what? all of his friends are like, who the hell gives you Celsius? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I don't even know why that's on the grill, man. And I'm like, now I got to figure out Celsius like in my head. But what's interesting is last year I competed at the Burley Barbecue Festival last year and Green Mountain Girls bring some girls for me and all their stuff was in Celsius, you know. So, man, I had charts. I'm like, okay, we'll put it here. I, it, it, what's cool about going there is, you know, it, you get out of your comfort zone. You get out of your oh, element. I'm, I'm cooking lamb. I'm cooking with, uh, you know, here at a comp, I'm going to – I know – People are going to send me a brisket. I know the pork I'm going to get. I know the chicken I'm going to get because I use it a million times. There you go to a butcher. You don't know what it's going to be, man. Roll the dice and and roll it up and make it happen, you know? I was going to say that was my next question. When you're sourcing meat over there, does it look – are you getting the same kind of – obviously the quality is great. But – and I've talked to a lot of Australian guys, a lot of Australian teams over there, um, so many good friends over there. And – they, they, you know, they say you can get so many amazing things, but it, I feel like it's just like here. You kind of need to know where to go to source it. You know, yeah, absolutely. There's some great – what's really cool about Australia that I love is there's a lot of cool local butcher shops. You know, that, I, that, that I guess, industry has really morphed into the, the grocery stores that we all see. It's all got a butcher shop. And a lot of the grocery stores over there, they won't have – they'll have a butcher shop pretty much right next to them or have independent butcher shops throughout the, the city. And I've worked with several awesome butcher shops. Glenn Drumble at uh, Char 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 in uh, Melbourne has an amazing shop down there that I taught at his place. So he can, he's providing uh, some phenomenal briskets, uh, some infinity briskets that are marbled, looks like spaghetti strands running through those things. I mean, they can get some really great stuff. Ooh. I'll be Sydney working with George's Fine Meats, an awesome uh, butcher shop there. Uh, we're just outside of Sydney. He's been providing my meats coming up on the three years for the uh, Invitational now. So he's got some amazing products. And he really wanted to work with me and do some video shooting on kind of American cuts and what we look for in competitions because their their cuts are different. So that's it is kind of unique because their their cuts are different than ours. You know, we may spare more belly on those ribs where they'll take that belly off because they can get, you know, more price per pound for them. So sometimes their ribs are really skinny, but you can work with that local butcher and having that whole side of pig and tell him exactly where to cut it and he'll you know he'll cut it exactly where you want you know their porks aren't real they're sorry their pigs aren't really as big as ours here in america we have some big yeah money and big fat shoulders you know you know finding finding the right money muscles and sizes sometimes um uh tough but you know what you got to just adapt and know you overcome that's what you do you you use what you got and you make the best out of it and you make it happen that's one of the things that um, a lot of the guys would say on uh, previous podcasts is, you know, the cuts are a little bit different. So sometimes what they would do is they'd bring in pictures on like from Instagram and stuff like that and be like, hey, I want this cut. This is what I'm looking for. Exactly. And the butchers would be able to almost learn with them. You know what I mean? They'd look at it and be like, oh, cool. So this is what you're looking for. Okay, that makes sense. Right. And, and, and when the butchers behind this 
want to learn more and they want to get more in into barbecue, especially in Australia, it's just going to grow more and more. You know, they're adding so many comps. Uh, the ABA is running some amazing comps. Uh, KCBS is adding several more. Uh, the the comp I'm doing in uh, the first week of August at Burley is a, is a new KCBS comp there. It was ABA before. And then the Invitational is an ABA comp. So I love those different sanctioning bodies and different rules and regulations. And So for ABA, what's uh, the difference between an ABA and a KCBS? As far as are they similar in turn in boxes, turn in times? I know KCBS is what every is it every forty five minutes or is it every half an hour? Half hour. Half hour, half hour that's what it is. At noon for chickens, four standard meats. KCBS ABA has lamb involved. Um, so with KCBS you can't have lamb. Um, yeah. as a grand champion. Um, category so the difference with aba is they do have lamb they will have a lot of cool side categories as well usually those five meats though chicken ribs pork and brisket and lamb count towards grand championship um turn in times i've seen them 45 minutes apart and they're mixed sometimes it's not the same order every time kcbs is usually 99 percent of the time it's chicken ribs pork brisket 12 12 31 130 uh aba mixes it up you know they want to keep competitors on their toes and i've seen some of these amazing boxes these guys are building so it's 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 now do it's, they do the do they do the greens on the in the boxes or yes, do they absolutely. they do yeah okay. do uh, uh, just like kind of kcbs style boxes leafy greens in the bottom and then they do make these things pretty man i've seen some beautiful boxes and these guys are you know it's this is their time to be you know, you're not only a pit master, but it's artistry. It's your craft. You know, bar- yeah. competition barbecue is a craft. You're putting that time and energy and work into that box. So a lot of these guys are, are amazing craft pit masters. And, you know, you got to keep up with that. And that's all we can do. Well, you got to make you got to make the box look pretty because you get you get scored on the presentation. And if <laughs> your box the- isn't pretty, then you're probably not going to win on those points, which means even if it tastes good, you're still kind of losing that overall category almost. Exactly. Because, you know, like you said, you eat with your eyes first. And a lot of these comps come down to one or one point, a half a point, something like that. So if you can get those extra points in appearance, that's the, you know, any little point to make you on top, you know, in your favor. Any little point makes it, you know, any point makes it the best thing that you can do. Um, Now, when you're prepping for a competition that you don't know turn in times kind of with that, like if they mix it up on you. How to, obviously they tell you the day before, uh, give you give you all that kind of stuff. But what right. goes through your head being a person that wants to be kind of on top of things and prepped out? It, it it's got to mess with you a little bit. Absolutely, you know, I, I you guys, I just think backwards on everything. You know, everything's just thinking backwards. So whatever yeah. that time, I, I just backwards a step, and I know when I need to start and prep. So it's basically just fitting that that section of what I have to do during that time into where the turning is. Pretty much I know what I'm going to do in that time frame, when I'm going to start, when it's going to end. You know, you do it so much, you're going to trim your meat pretty much the same way or relatively the same weight, cooking at the same temperature. Uh, so really it's just building that timeline into the appropriate slot and, and being organized. At that point, it's about organization. You have to have no when to light the pit to when you're going to turn that box in, you know, every step in the middle. Yeah. And build in some rain in the middle because who knows? Kind of plug and play. Put this, right. put this, this patch here, that patch there. My timeline. Uh, turn ins here. This is my timeline for chicken. Yeah. Turn ins here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Perfect, yeah. dude. Now, are you cooking? Are you cooking thighs? Or are you do? Are you doing anything different with chicken? I've done a mix, man. I'll tell you, my very first perfect one eight. Now it wasn't my first, but the one at the American Royal 
2014 Invitational, I did thighs and wings in that box. So it's thighs okay. and wings. And uh, this last, I got a 180 in Boulder City in chicken. This was um, was that Memorial Day weekend. That was legs. So I've done both. I've gotten good calls in legs, and I'm getting good calls with thighs. To me, it's not really the thigh or the leg. It's the way you do it, you know, and how you're going to do it. You can make a thigh and a leg pretty much bite and taste the same. It's going to have the same juiciness, the same kind of bite through and texture. Well, I mean, they're, they're pretty, pretty close to the same. You know, they're both dark meat. They're connected, man. Yeah. They're right there. They're right, they're right next to you. They're neighbors. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not that big of a difference. But I know some people get say that you get... Up in the middle with some skin around it. <laughs> Sometimes they say that you get that edge going going into the uh, the, the leg just because more, more people like that, you know, like to have a handle on their food. But, I mean, I, I don't know if that's that... Do you think that's that much of a, an edge? No, not at all, man. Cook it right. Make it look good. Have a good bite. Have it juicy and tasty. Doesn't matter. You can make breasts like that as long as they're juicy and tasty. Yeah. And bite. And have that's the end of the day. It's about that texture and being moist and not dry and having good bite through skin. Yep. It really doesn't matter what you put in the box as long as you make it happen. And judges are going to judge you accordingly, you know. And now um, you also, besides your rubs, you're put you're putting – you're kind of putting out a pretzel line, right? Which mm. is kind of snacks <coughs> with your seasoning on it, which I've had, dude. They're delicious, guys. You, you got to pick. You got to pick up a bag. But that's that's just like when you were like, here, try this, and I tried it. I was like, dude, this is on a pretzel, and you're like, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> shit. So I have my rubs and I have a line of sauces that's been out for two years as well. Um, so I, Old World Spices uh, had this line of pretzels that they worked with. They did some test panels and I was working with Amy uh, from Old World Spices. Uh, it was last year at the Royal. We were doing some test samples and, and figuring out kind of which products worked the best for this line. I think there were about 20 different rubs that they um, had lined up that they put through this test run. And the last four were the four that are in the line, the cherry rubs, the um, sriracha honey one, uh, Mark Lambert, sweet swine and mine barbecue rubs, and then my uh, brown sugar hickory ones. And they're coated with our rubs and, you know, some toffee coating. So you have that nice sweet and salty with that pretzel. It just works, man. And uh, so they're distributing that now, um, working on uh, retailers and it's out for retail. So I love being involved in that line and with the old world line. And I think it's about being able to grow the good line because they want to work with people that are out there growing. They want to people work with people that are out there moving product. You know, yeah. you got to be able to churn. You got to be able to churn product. So working with those different facets and people who are doing classes across the country. Mark Lambert's a world champion. There's so many cool parts of uh, Old World Spices that I get to be involved with. This is just a phenomenal experience, and you know, I'm just it's just amazing opportunity. So did they did they kind of come to you guys with the pretzels, being like, hey, we want to coat pretzels in them? So some, somebody yes. there was just a genius, and they were like, pretzels, that's what we need to get. Because I was going to ask, I'm like, who, was, who just kind of thought about doing pretzels? Well, you know, there's all kind of pretzels out there, nuts. I mean, you got anything. You know, my, everything works on everything, man. We put it in guacamole, popcorn. I've seen people <laughs> put it on ice cream. So pretzels, are, that's no big deal. But, uh, no, it's just another cool a way to promote my line and my product and and my name is a small business man it's it, i'm having that opportunity like i said to work with a national distributor and a co-packer like that that's that's key element a uh, part of my business and how i've been able to grow and expand you know no yeah absolutely i mean it, 
when when you're a small business and you and you're putting out a rub line like we said earlier, you got to be able to turn that product. You got to be able to move that product because if it sits on the shelf for too long, I mean, after a while, either nobody wants that product, the, the store doesn't want that product anymore, and they're not going to reorder because it took too long to sell. Um, and then your spices start to not kick as hard. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They start to age and they start to deteriorate and break down and, and, and the sunlight can cause them to fade and then things can happen if they're not churning. That's just – if they're sitting on a shelf, nobody's making money. You know, yeah. see that retailer selling them. So they want a product that's going to churn because that's real estate for them. You know, yeah. that's that's a product that they need to have churning in there, you know, making the making the windmill happen. Exactly. And that I, that's a super important thing about, you know, putting out products. For anyone that's thinking about kind of putting out a product line – that that's all the things you got to think about. I think so many people are like, "Oh, just get it on the shelf; it'll start to sell." It, it's not like that. You got to go out there and actually, you got to go sell it. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to go help them sell it because nobody in the store is going to be as passionate as you are. Nobody's, in the, no one's going to be like, "Oh, I love Luton Booty Chicken Rub so much. Let me tell you how to how to use it." No, no person in that store is going to sell it the way you do. Exactly. You know, but but what I think is really cool and a part of my business is I get to go out there to these retailers and not only talk to their customers and and people who are coming in to buy the products, but their staff as well. Uh, inform them on Green Mountain Girls on my line, and they get, and I'm pulling it off that shelf and giving it to those uh, associates who work there as well. Yep. You know, I, I want to. They're a part of my sales staff, and I uh, as well. And if they can just turn one customer onto it, hey, this guy was just here. I had his tri tip. He put this on it. Try that. You know, that's just uh, putting it in somebody's mouth. Yep. So that's what it's got to be, and, and having that churn and having people to like. It's got to be a good product too, man. At the end of the day, oh yeah. You could, Turn, I mean, or like you said, market behind it, but it's got to be a good product. It's got to be valid. It's got to be legitimate too. I mean, I've had world championships and other people using my stuff across the country that are crushing it to this day. So it's a legit product, and you know, being able to cook with it and putting it in people's mouths and just represent the line and, and uh, my other brands. It's that's how that's how you do it, man. What do you kind of see as being being the next next thing for you? Oh man, I'm just enjoying the moment right now. Like I said, I never thought it would be. I never thought it would get to where I am. You know, I created that GMG Pitmaster class uh, two years ago. We're going into our second year, I guess. So um, what's really cool is having going back to the places that I've done classes before. They want to have me back. You know, that's what it's about: is keeping those classes and growing more. I think. I think I can grow this GMG uh, Pitmaster class pretty good. You know, the education is, is people are wanting the education. You know, people are wanting to get better and and being going to a class is different than watching a video, watching YouTube. Of course. You're tasting it, you're smelling it, you're watching. I mean, that's what people want to do. Come out and, and, and be a part of it. So um, like I said, right now, I just want to focus. Uh, I, really, I really need to focus because I got, man, the Pitmaster class. I got competitions, distribution. I'm doing a lot of stuff with Green Mountain Girls. I'm on the – we're doing Q in the Low. We did Denver Barbecue Festival. We get on stage. We shoot videos with all the Pitmasters, and we cook for the crowds. It's been amazing. Um, I've gone to Australia three times. Uh, I got classes in Florida, South Dakota, Premier Grilling, and Frisco, Texas coming up. So I think my next goal is to just do my QuickBooks real quick because I haven't done it in about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually three months. I, I really need to focus. But it's if I can just continue to be on this track that I'm going on, spread barbecue love, teach, and, and, and continue to put you know 
uh, pride and love into what I do, then I'm, I'm a happy man. Now, you, you did mention something that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, people watching videos. And, and right now, I think it, it, it's a crazy time for barbecue because there's so much information out there. Uh, yeah. Not all of it's great. Not all of it's horrible. Some of it is amazing. Some of it is yep. terrible. I won't lie. Uh, you got to use your filter. You got you to shift through kind of a little bit. Time and time. So many – I think there's so many great people right now that are educating. You know, you got you. Uh, Pittman's doing some stuff. Um, you got Tuffy Stone doing that barbecue superstar stuff with him. And Harry Aaron Sue. Got a there, video a series coming out. There's this, um, uh, Aaron Franklin. Aaron has Franklin a, does, yeah, the yeah. Master Series. It actually is out already, I believe. Yeah, there's there's so many stuff things going on right now that the education is not lacking. People have the ability to learn. I mean, whether you pay for it through a video or whether you watch YouTube, you know, just watch Malcolm Reed, how to barbecue, right? YouTube videos. That'll make you a better pit master, like from instant. That dude's phenomenal. That you know, dude is awesome. awesome. I love that dude. So, I mean, look up that. If you're just somebody getting into it, man, look up How to Barbecue, right? He'll, he's got some amazing videos. We shoot some really cool videos with Green Mountain Grills, some uh, recipe videos and some lifestyle videos. It's just, you know, uh, bringing everything into barbecue and what it is right now. So, so what uh, was it like the first time you kind of did a couple of videos and then had to watch the edits? Because I think that one of that <laughs> one of that thing is like that's the hardest thing ever. Well, kind of our first it's funny to watch the progression of our videos because if you look at our first ones they're kind of like down 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 kind of like low country and you know there was some fades that were off but the, and then you see like who we're working with now is Brett Edwards out of Oregon amazing dude he's doing on our videos it's edgier the cuts are phenomenal and just having that person behind the eye or behind the camera who has that eye who can see those shoots, the shots and just visualize what's going into it and put everything together and edit it and have the music behind it. I mean, we've come, we've come from some rock and roll kind of <laughs> videos. So, I mean, it, it's phenomenal to see that progression and, and shooting the, and that's happened quick too, man, maybe in the last four or five years uh, to see the ramp and the escalation of, everything with technology and how everything's done in education it's just on a track that's i don't even know when it's going to end man we're just going to get smarter until our brain we're going to have to put a chip in there to store some information and bring it back later or something but that you know that that is kind of crazy how you say that like you know the amount of information that gets better as you get better too because then you can actually get it out because right. there there's times where sometimes like i'll do stuff and i'm like man i forgot to say this and it, it just, but I'm always progressively getting better. And yeah. that's like, that's the best part about it. Yeah. It's the same with, you know, like teaching classes. The more yeah. classes, I do, the more I'm going to get better. The Because you start to hear every question. You can start to know exactly how I'm going to feel that question. But it's got to be not, you got to know your shit, man. You got to be knowledgeable. When that question comes in, you got to be real and you have to have the answer and you have to know it, man. Because people can feed through bullshit easy. You, know? you can't be like, uh, I don't, uh, let me, uh, 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 yeah, let me figure that out. An answer. <laughs> yeah. It, sometimes, sometimes you will get stumped. I won't lie. There are, there are oh, times yeah. where I'll I, get I, like. I, I preface it with, man, I don't know everything. I don't. I, I don't. I'm learning every day and maybe I'll learn something from you guys. And, you know, as long as we all learn together and we all have a good time and we ask great questions because there's no such thing as a stupid question. I've heard them all and I've asked a couple myself. It, there, yeah, that's pretty much true. There isn't really any stupid, stupid questions. Um, just except, ignorant. 
The the only I guess I mean there isn't really any stupid questions. I mean if you don't know it, just ask it. And uh, I think what I really like I took um, I've taken a couple different classes. One of the one of the classes that always stands out is Myron's class. And yeah. one of the things Myron said to me, or not to me, but in the class, he says he's like you know he's like you know you paid for this class, get your money out of it. Um, ask that question. Don't don't hey. you know you're never gonna see that guy next to you. You're gonna get on a plane oh, and leave. I mean, I wish I would have asked him this one thing. That, yeah. You know, yeah, ask right there, man. Come on. And I'll have several people that will, you know, will reach out to me through my Facebook page or, you know, and it's great. I like to answer as many questions as I can. But, you know, sometimes it's just, well, well, this is your time, man. I'm here. You know, ask, ask me. And I love to spread information and, and just being out there is, is it's good, man. It's a good time. I will time. say the thing I do love is when people hit me up later and they, they send me pictures and they're like, look at what I did here. Here's this, here's that. And it's like, man, I fed my family with the, with, you know, with this, that you, that you taught us how to cook with that and this. And a a lot of my barbecue classes is, um, I kind of try to do four different dishes kind of to give them different routes of what they can do. And not all of them are, you know, not all of them are meat. Sometimes we do like, we do potato skins in one of my classes and it's all, you know, just, just so I can, you can show people like, Hey, you can do a really cool, fun grilled appetizer and kind of like show off to your friends be like, Oh, you bought the potato skins that were frozen. I did mine on the cooker. Like, you know what I mean? Like that just shows so much, you know, just shows cool things to be able to do. And then you add that flavor, you know, and showing them how smoke is a flavor profile, just, just like rub and anything else you're doing. Um, you, we're 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 pulling in that smoke as a flavor profile so that you can enjoy it. That is a hundred percent true. And you know, people ask me about these Green Mountain Grill, these pot smokers. You can do anything from one hundred and fifty to five hundred and fifty degrees. You name a cooking method, and you can get it done on that grill. It's not just a smoker, not just a grill. Braise, bake, sear, man, whatever you want. We got the pizza oven attachment, but it's not just meat. It's not just proteins, like you said. We're doing vegetables and we're doing pizzas. We're doing, you know, all kind of random stuff. But uh, I, I did some bread the other day on mine. Some breakfast. You know. So, you- pretty much anything a lot of a lot of people are pushing the limits of their cookers um and i think that's what's so amazing right now is more and more barbecue guys are are trying to push the limit of that cooker being like i don't just have to make ribs on my cooker i can do you know i i I can bake shit i can do beef (laughs) chic i can i can do i can do pizzas i can do cupcakes you know you can do so much stuff and so cool yeah, yeah, anything, man. That's what I tell people. Anything that you can cook between 150 and 550 degrees on that panel, you can do on there. You put that pizza oven attachment in there, it's in grill grates, you can get up to 1,000 degrees. So I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do it. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't, I don't condone it. Right, exactly. I kind of always preference classes too with uh, do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. I'm, you're going to ask me because people say, oh, can you do this? I'm like, yeah. You can do pretty much whatever you want. Would I recommend it? Probably not, but you can. You can do it. I mean, it might. It might do it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would do it. Try. <laughs> try. Why don't you try and tell me what you think? I actually, uh, I had a buddy of mine that um, I accidentally melted some grill grates. Melted grill grates. Yeah. Yeah. What's he cooking on? Dude, he he was cooking on a big green egg, and he was doing a burn. He was doing a clean burn, and he forgot that he had grill grates in there. <laughs> And let that thing get up to like twelve hundred degrees. That's uh, that was hot, dude. So that thing just just melted completely. 
<laughs> we cooked glass in that thing. He he like literally took. She's like showing me pictures. She's like, it kind of is like artwork. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's abstract grill grates. Put it up on the wall. So it was just kind of funny, but it's like, dude, you can do pretty much anything on a cooker. Like, just yeah. enjoy it, have fun with it. Um, I don't recommend if you cook a shit ton of pork butts in your cooker to bake, you know, without cleaning it out. I want to get probably, some of that grease out because yeah. you know you're gonna have some. Uh, it may or may not. Maybe you're doing some porky bacon biscuits or something maybe, like that. It'd be a good thing. You know, who knows? It, it might take, you it might know, unless you try it. That's true. That's true. Um, so we kind of uh, we chatted about so much stuff tonight. I think it's uh, you're such an amazing kind of all around barbecue dude. You do so much for the community. So we want to say thank you for that because I don't I don't know if you get that enough, um, and I don't know if enough barbecue guys that are doing so much for our barbecue community get the thank yous that they deserve um because you guys are out there you guys are working your asses off you really are um man i and, appreciate that a lot that means a lot to me yeah you guys i mean you're doing you're doing you're spreading so much barbecue love which is i i always start my classes out too with you know barbecue's family or any anywhere we're at i'm like dude barbecue's family and they're like what do you mean barbecue's family like, barbecue's family man i don't i don't know i've never been to a barbecue event where i didn't feel like around family you know what i mean like I'm grab a beer. Hey, you need anything? We're cooking some food, man. You want a dog? You want a burger? Like, what do you want? You, you want to hang out? You want to do this? You want a beer? Um, shit. Got you got any? Here you go, man. I got, here you go. Man, whatever you need. I got you. You forgot this. You forgot that. Um, it, it's just so amazing. And the other thing I want, I, I think is, is really cool is that I want to talk to you about is uh, steak cook-offs, SCA. Um, yeah. That's kind of where we kind of really connected and hung out together and became kind of friends, which is which was fantastic, is – the SCA and those things, those things are popping up like crazy. People, I think people are loving them. A, they're a lot shorter. They're a lot cheaper. <laughs> you, can pretty, you can do an SCA pretty much for the cost of a brisket. Uh, pretty yeah. Your entry fees, hundred fifty. You get the steaks. Yeah, pretty much. If you have the equipment, that's that's true. You're pretty much but, at the cost uh, of a brisket. Like you said, easy, cheap. One day, you don't have to invest in thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment. The meat's provided. You're all on the level, same playing field. You're all getting the same steak, and you're picking out your own meat. You have a chance to pick your own meat that you're going to cook. Yep. Um, and 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 they are growing, like you said. So I was actually just with uh, Brett Galloway down in Texas. We um, did a, the SCA down in Eden, Edinburgh, Texas. And as 109 teams, so I kind of uh, shadowed him uh, because I've already promoted three comps here in Arizona, and I want to look at maybe becoming a rep so I can come out here and you know rep more events and get more SCA involved. And and like you said, just growing that sport, doing the classes, getting other people involved who who don't have thousands of thousands of dollars and every weekend to to go to a KCBS or IBCA or a competition that takes all time and money and energy. You know, it, it, it's a it's a minimal investment, and people are interested in it. There's so many shows that. People are seeing barbecue and the chopped and the grill masters, yeah, yep. and, you know, the, the the smoked and you name it, pit mask, all of those shows. People like that and they're into it and they want to go out and, you know, everybody knows a great steak cook in their neighborhood and thinks he's the best steak on the, you know. Oh, so yeah. This is giving them a chance to go out and, you know, see what these people can do and, and, and all be on the same level playing field. That's what's really cool about it. Everybody's cooking that same steak and they're getting they, to pick out their own, their, their own entry, you know. Yep. I mean, I was – that was the first SCA that I was ever at was in Kansas City, and I just had so much fun. 
Um, Amanda, my wife, had so much fun. She's like, dude, it's such a great thing. She's like, it's something we can do as a family. It's not uber long. It's not super expensive. Uh, the other nice thing is if you team up with a friend or two friends, you guys don't need multiple cookers. You can cook everything on one. Yep, that second day at the MBBQA conference, we had six teams cooking six turn-ins out of under one tent and two PK grills. Yep. You know, we rotated. We had different areas, and we were all under there. Uh, it was Code 3 Spices. You know, Mike and Chris are down there. Yep. Uh, Paul from Smoking Ghost. Um, uh, Rub Your Meat. Um, um, what's his name? Um he was over there, but we had six individual turnings. We were having beers. We were talking to each other. We were yep. shooting shit. It, it was a really cool experience that you can just all cook under one thing. Who cares? I don't care if you see the rub I'm using, man. Cook it and turn it in. And if, I'm not, if I'm not wrong, you used your whatever. chicken rub. What, the second, so the first day I used the beef rub, and I, I was like 17th out of 40th or 21. The second day I used my chicken rub, and I was like, you know what? Why not? I had it. And that was actually a call. I think it was 6th or 7th. Yeah, you were like, I used my chicken rub. Man, you know, I guess it ain't how you use it. It's just, man, hitting that table that the judges like your profile. That's yeah. what you got to do, man. But, I mean, I, I tried that chicken rub on that steak. It was it was good. It didn't, it it didn't was, have, man. like, a weird... You know, sometimes people are like chicken rub. I won't put that on steak. It's like no, no, no. It didn't not. It didn't clash with the flavor. It worked. It worked really well. It's it's salty. It's herby. It's yep. got a little citric powder in there, and it's got a back end kick. Man, that's all good stuff on 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 beef. Yep. And I think what you may have done too is you were a little different. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes like like you said, you know, earlier, you're in an aisle. You try fifty different spices. You're like, damn, these are all the same, pretty much. And then you get that different kick, and it's like, whoa, cool. That one was yeah. good because it was different. Absolutely. And and being different is good as long as it's uh, it's a good different. Yeah, as uh, long as you're not too, but, too far out of the box. <laughs> exactly. There's a box. If you're you're on that side, you're good. But if you step far out, man, they'll tell you. <laughs> but that's that's what 100% true what you just said about being different is, you know, I, I, a lot of people are doing the same thing in competition barbecue, whether it be the same rubs or sauces or, you know, yeah. sometimes maybe wants to – get outside the box and change something slightly. But at, at the end of the day, it's making a good product, you know, and, and, and if you have the rub or sauce or whatever, that's good and not being out of the box and, and you make it tender and you get on a great table, man, cross your fingers. you got a good chance as anybody else. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think SCA is awesome. If you guys haven't done an SCA yet, go out, find one, do one. Um, they're so fun, and 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 it's your if you haven't even competed, you'll see a lot of cool people, and they're willing to share information and help, and just talk to your neighbor, strike up a conversation, and man, share a beer, share a beer, and try each other's steak afterwards, and you know that that's how you learn. I, I love being in comps and trying other people's stuff, and just just you know, I love to eat as well, man. Yeah. So I want to try different people's things and and, and see what, good or bad and, or indifferent, man. At least I at least I want to try it, you know. Yeah. I mean, then you get you get that flavor profile. You're like, okay, cool. His was good for this and this reason. What's the news? I like that. You know, yeah. you, you just here we go. This was good, really, really good for that. This was good for that, and figuring it out. I mean, I know Chris from Code Three Spices. The first night was like thirteen. He's like, I, I he's like, that's a fourteenth place uh, <laughs> steak, and I'm like, I don't think yours was that bad. Chris is like, no, it's garbage. It's horrible, horrible. Right. Calls come out second place, and he's like, what? <laughs> And he got all excited and like he, he he wasn't the five or six people on that judging table. 
you know, they're the ones who are going to tell you if it's good or bad. Exactly. That's what that's what we're doing, whether you liked it or not. Sometimes uh, uh, you think you have a great product and the judges don't like it. And sometimes vice versa. I've had several times where I thought it wasn't great at all. And, you know, the judges tended to like that. But who am I? I'm just a dude cooking meat in the parking lot. Right. Hey, you know, that that's what it is. And we just keep going. And as long as we're feeding people and doing the right thing, we're doing we're doing some amazing things. The last thing I want to kind of talk to you about because I really wanted to get out there um, is Operation Barbecue's cookbook. You're inside of it. You you uh, submitted recipes for that. Um, what was it like submitting a recipe for a cookbook? Now, the reason I ask that is because it's a little bit more difficult. If you've never written out a recipe, a lot of people are like, well, I've read a recipe. Cool. It's different than when you actually have to sit down and write that thing out. So many of us cook. And, and we cook to a feel and a, and a, and a not really a, a direct temperature. And that's right. very difficult to write out. And, and I know in my barbecue classes, when I write out all my barbecue stuff and give them that packet so they can take it home and try to recreate it, it's so difficult to write that out. Yes. And, and what's difficult to write out sometimes is when you're barbecuing or cooking in general at home, you don't measure out how much seasoning you're putting on the side of a hamburger. Who does that? Nobody. I'm going to put spoons and spoons, you know, take it out of the shaker and shake it on there till it's on there. So <laughs> till it looks good. <laughs> so you kind of have to say that, like how much, uh, that much, how much is that much? You know, like you can't say that in the book. You have to say two tablespoons or whatever it is. But how I actually got involved with this cookbook is actually through my son. So there was a KCBS comp in, I think it was Newport Beach, California, and it was about two or three years ago, and there was a kid's queue attached to that, and my both of my kids did the kid's queue. And uh, the, one of the cool things about that is whoever won first place kid's queue get gets to have their burger recipe in the OBR cookbook. So my son ended up getting first place in that, and then he got a letter saying, you won – you can have your burger recipe in the OBR cookbook. And it was, that was really cool. He was really excited about it. So he has his Jimmy's Epic Burger, Epic Sauce Burger in the cookbook as well as Little Loop Barbecue. And so uh, working with OBR and Amy with Old World Spices, we do a lot of stuff with uh, Operation Barbecue Relief. They reached out to me after I won the uh, smoked episode on Destination America with Phil the Grill, and they wanted to have that uh, shrimp. Uh, avocado salad recipe in the book. So I work with them to have that uh, recipe in there as well. They took pictures out at the American Royal, I think it was three years ago. They came out and we created those recipes and they took amazing photos. And yeah, writing it down, taking it from, you know, shaking it, you know, it's barbecue. It's not baking. It's not precise, you know? Yeah. So it's just getting it detailed. And, and really it's about his attention to detail going back and like seeing that how much was that? Okay. That was about a tablespoon, you know? So you have to get it as precise as possible, but you know, I preface this in my barbecue classes is, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's not specific. like baking, you know, when I say put a light layer, I don't know how much it is. Just look at it, visualize, look at it. Does that look like a light layer? It's common. I do a lot of common sense cooking, you know, yeah. but but you have to break it down when you're putting on the, on the cookbook. So it's basically just time, man. You got to go back, recreate those recipes, put in the time, start weighing it, and and we did it a couple times until and then tasted it afterwards. Like, is that your recipe? Like, yeah, that's it. So is that it, right? No, no, it's horrible. It's supposed to be this. 
too much sesame oil, whatever, you know, exactly. So it's trial and error. But the cool thing is you get to eat while you're doing it. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're both good recipes. So uh, I don't mind messing up every now and then. Now, 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 since your son got in the cookbook first, Yes, absolutely. He's on the cover too. His burger's on the cover. So does he give? Does he kind of give you a little bit of shit? No, we worked he it should. out. You know, he's, we he, worked. He, oh, he did. You're like we worked it out. No, <laughs> uh, no, he stopped he's like, making. Dad, 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 dad. Actually, you know I'm what? On the he cover, you're not. Shot. So there was a scene on the show, Smoked, where I forgot a lighter. I actually didn't. I had one in my truck. It was off set. So I had to ask Phil the grill for one. And I did see the episode. Yep. He broke it over his thing. So Jimmy will give me – my son will give me shit over it. Dad, we're going out for a comp. Did you bring your lighter? You know, you know one of those. He likes to he likes to rub it in every now and then. But, you know, you know it happens. All, and all in love. Yes. It happens. Now, do you do the, uh, do you do the uh, spreadsheet kind of checklist? For competitions? No, I used to when I first started, and I used to have four pages of timeline of when I did this, and a lot of it now is kind of in my head. I, I'm pretty organized, so I know what's in my trailer. I kind of know what's in my garage. I know what I need, and then what comes down to supplies. I, I'm I work on it pretty much the week leading up to a comp, at least the night. I'm I'm gonna get something done. I'm gonna get something organized. Okay. Something prepared, something ready. So when it comes down to that day, I'm not, I'm not hustling. You know, you're not running around trying to put boxes together and being like, where's oh, what's the pork? I hear people like that. Where did the pork go? I'm like, how do you not know where your pork is? That's not being organized. You know, <laughs> which cooler is it in? Did we bring that cooler? Oh, did Jimmy grab it or Frankie? I don't know. He's drunk over there. Oh, but it happens. Man, Sterling, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us. Uh, we like to kind of end this podcast with a very simple yet difficult question. Ooh. So if you could go back into your barbecue career from when you first started, from what you know now, and give yourself three tips to shorten your barbecue learning curve, what would those three tips be? Concentrate on tenderness. Absolutely. Number one, just concentrate on tenderness. Get tenderness right. Get that right every time. That feel, that touch. Knowing, knowing how it's gonna, knowing your hold times, you know, having that tenderness is number one. Number two, um, I, I would say be more patient with yourself. We you know when you first start, you kind of want to push everything, you want to rush, you want to get stuff done quickly, you want to know, you know. I think just being patient, you know, give yourself time. You know, things take time. Um, and number three would be at the beginning, don't drink as much, man. When we first started, we would. We were a drinking team who liked barbecue when we first started, and there were several. I don't remember putting certain meats on, but uh, I'd say maybe drink a little bit more in moderation, have fun, do that, but you know, take it easy, and it'll all be good. Oh man, well that's great, dude. Once again, I want to say thank you so much. If you can just tell us where they can follow you on social media, internet, follow your barbecue journey. Absolutely. I'm on Facebook at Loot and Booty BBQ, uh, Instagram at Loot and Booty BBQ. My website's www.lootandbootybbq.com. Um, I'll be doing classes throughout the summer. Uh, Q and the Lou will be there with the GMG Quick Cut Stage. I'll be in Australia in July, November. Spreading barbecue love, baby. Man, dude, thank you so much for coming on, hanging out with us, and we just want to say Bye. thank you. No, thank you guys, and and tell your uh, lovely wife Amanda. I said uh, hello, and thank you guys for all the support, and I uh, can't wait to hang out with you guys again. Absolutely, dude. Cheers, brother. Man, dude, that was great. Thank you. Anytime, man.